is Ellen Weatherford. I'm here again with just the zoo of us. This is your favorite animal review podcast. And this week I'm talking to a new friend. Uh, this is Madison Bush. Say hi, Madison. Hi. I'm so happy to have you here with us. I'm so excited to talk about spiders with you today. Before we talk about spiders, though, let's talk about Madison. Can you introduce yourself a little bit for our friends? Yeah, I'm Madison. I'm an undergrad senior at the University of Wisconsin studying both field biology and conservation. And I freaking love arthropods so much, especially spiders. I usually specialize in like ecology of predators and top-down management. So I do really enjoy the, uh, the spiders in their like ecological niche. So I'm always happy to talk for several hours at a time about them. <laughs> and what what got you into spiders specifically? Were you like always into spiders? Were you like a spider kid? I was not. I used to be scared horribly of spiders, um, <laughs> just like most kids are. Yeah, that's relatable. Yeah. And then uh, I actually, my first introduction to enjoying spiders was I was a huge Lord of the Rings and Hobbit fan when I was a kid. And still am, of course. But being introduced to the giant spiders in The Hobbit uh, made me really into bugs and spiders in general. And then I went to college and got to take an entomology class. And it so happened my professor was also in love with The Lord of the Rings and the spiders in it. So I got, I got a good outlet learning about them. And so I've just kind of been obsessed since. So you mentioned that you were kind of afraid of spiders at first. Was it, I would say that probably most people are afraid of spiders, at least when they're a kid. Yeah. But was it like the affection that you had developed through Lord of the Rings that helped you like overcome that fear? Or was it something else that helped you come around to Team Spider? It was definitely like, I mean, the Lord of the Rings was part of it, but learning more about them and learning to respect them definitely helped. I mean, admittedly, I'm still not the biggest fan of surprise spiders. I love like <laughs> coming across them on my own terms, but if a spider shows up and I'm not expecting it, I will jump. <laughs> but I, I still love them. It's, I think most people would get over a fear with learning about animals, which is why I enjoy what you're doing so much, this outreach, because a lot of people wouldn't be able to learn about animals like this and therefore learn to not be afraid of them. Yeah, and I'm hoping that today we can uh, shine some light on their good points and maybe get yes. some some people over to Team Spider that maybe weren't when they started. Oh, I hope so. What kind of experience do you have like working around spiders or working with like animals in general? Um, With animals, I always really love them. But I never got a huge chance to work with them until summer of 2019. I actually, I'm from Minnesota and had to go down to Houston, Texas to intern in the summer for a, uh, a wilderness park as a summer intern naturalist position. And they had, I think, like 15 snakes. Three of them were venomous. And we had a couple of different spiders. She actually, my boss just got a rose-footed tarantula and a black widow so <laughs> i got to learn about them and kind of prep the collection for that purchase but unfortunately left before they got them which is so sad yeah the tarantula's name is minerva and i'm so sad i never got to meet her i'm hoping i get to at some point that's a great name for a tarantula oh it is it's so cute i can't remember what the black widow's name but it's something along the same strain so that was kind of my introduction to working with animals and then I went back and TA'd for the zoology classes for the last year, the whole academic year. So I got to work with a lot of both uh, alive and preserved specimens, which was super fun. I got to bring my snakes in. What kind of snakes do you have? Uh, I have a corn snake and a ball python named Milkshake and Butterburger. So. <laughs> Those are both perfect names. Exactly. They fit them so well. <laughs> I know you said you didn't get a chance to meet Minerva the tarantula, but have you, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about like the experience of handling and interacting with tarantulas and I've never had a chance to actually do it. Have you had a chance to like hold and like play with a tarantula? Yes, I got to last fall. I went to the entomological society conference and um, they had, oh, I can't remember the company, but they were selling like preserved insects for people's collection. And they were also selling tarantulas, both like babies and adults. And I got to mess with 
It might have been a rose-footed as well as Minerva. It was one of the really pretty tarantula types, and I got to hold it, and it's the best thing ever. They're, like, <laughs> fuzzy. They have little paw feet, and it's, like, it's like this weird, like, kind of prickly, fun feeling. They're so much fun to hold. They're just, like, these goofy little slow-moving animals. I love them. The way you described it makes me think that it might tickle. Does it tickle? Yes. I would say if you're more ticklish in the palms, you're definitely going to have a hard time not giggling my um, <laughs> my research partner was like super like twitchy and giggly the whole time but i thought oh, it was just the best thing ever there it's like a little cute scratchy feeling i love it oh that's so sweet i i would like to believe that i would be the type of person to happily hold a tarantula if presented with the opportunity but i never have so like i don't know how i would how that would actually play out for me <laughs> yeah you never know i would suggest have somebody hand it to you cuz picking them up is kind of the scary part and I love spiders. I enjoy them. I'll pick them up outside. But as soon as you're faced with like a decent sized tarantula, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to stick my hand near that. But they're still fun to hold. It's like the evolutionary human thing where it's like your your ancient mammalian brain is like, maybe I shouldn't put my hand near that. Your animal brain is taking over like, no, no, please exactly. do not. <laughs> This week, we are talking about spiders, naturally, as you may have guessed if you were listening. Now, you mentioned to me that you had a couple of particular spiders in mind that you really, really like. Which yes. kind of spiders are we looking at today? Well, I wrote up a little bit about a couple of orb weavers, which are kind of like the general spider that people think of. And then I also took some notes on my favorite kind of spider, which is wolf spiders, and there's about 2,000 different wolf spiders, but I've got some good info. Oh, excellent. Do you want to take like a quick second to introduce us to spiders? Because I imagine probably a lot of people listening maybe haven't had a very close relationship with spiders. Yeah, <laughs> understandably. Yeah, a lot of people don't really get to know spiders, especially because like you learn about bugs usually in general and spiders are kind of like roped into that, but they're not technically bugs there are arthropods and they're more closely related to scorpions and ticks and mites with which a lot of people are usually surprised by yeah that i think is surprising i would have thought those were like insects yeah you would think but they're closer on the taxonomic tree than they are to insects um they're also closer to like lobsters and stuff than they are to actual insects so once again don't know really why they're lumped in with bugs it's just like the human desire to categorize things based on like yes. observable similarities so you're like oh small thing lots of legs must be bug <laughs> must be bug exactly yeah but there's uh there's about forty thousand species of spiders so there's literally tens of thousands individually optimized spider species that are just so ecologically valuable to their different environment I think it's so neat. They they can occupy different niches and like totally not interfere with each other at all in one environment. So there could be like a couple hundred species of spiders in one area and like very rarely overlap. So they're already like pretty good at separating each other from themselves, which is neat. Before we move on from that, while it's on my brain. Yes. I think that what I have witnessed in my backyard has been web sharing like multiple yes. different types of spiders on the same web what's that what's happening <laughs> what is this <laughs> most people don't actually a hundred percent know but it's it's a definite thing that people that spiders will do i almost call them people <laughs> they are to me but especially so there's a type of web called a tangle web most people associate spiders with that like kind of classic orb spider web but there's tangled webs and certain species of tanglewweb spiders will come together in the thousands and build these like hundred yard long webs and work together to get food. And so spiders doing that is kind of one of the big research points of altruism and how it evolves in different species. Because one of the last things you would expect is spiders working together, but it's just like one of those weird 
things that researchers are super interested in because like you know spiders are working together like what i thought that was a people thing but or like at least something that you may not expect from i don't know arthropods in general but yeah but then you think of how like you know a lot of insects have these like massive colony like societies where they're working but then that is like within the same species so then you see like different species of spiders helping each other out and you're like whoa 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 (laughs) what what are you doing it's yeah it's really alien in the spider world i'm sure there's other groups of animals that do it i'm probably the most familiar with spiders and stuff doing it but yeah it's completely different from uh like bees and wasps are usually what people think of or ants when you talk about um like species altruism and that's like a whole thing where they you know like the hive mind concept but spiders are just completely disconnected from a queen they're just like it'll be a bunch of spiders working together on the same project and it's it's a very human thing to do a lot of people would associate it with that eventually they're gonna have smartphones (laughs) well i don't know if they if they enjoy being kind and helpful to each other they might not develop uh social media networks yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I guess if they were to develop anything, it would be the World Wide Web. <laughs> if this is your first time joining us for just the zoo of us, our whole thing that we do is that we review the animals that we're talking about. We rate them yes. out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. And so our first category is effectiveness. And what this means for us is is these are physical adaptations that the animal has built into its body that let it do a really good job of the stuff that it's trying to do. So Madison, what would you give these spiders for effectiveness? Oh, 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) So you had mentioned specifically the orb weavers and the wolf spiders. Yes. Which I'm familiar with. We have them here where I live. I live in Florida. Mm Mm-hmm. What's going on? What is what's what is happening with these spiders? I guess I'll start with orb weavers because I'm sure you have the golden silk orb weavers. They're sometimes called banana spiders, even though that's not what they are. The the giant ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely grew up hearing them referred to as banana spiders. And yeah. like when you say that, it's a very specific image in my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, completely different animals. I don't know where the overlap came from, but they're separate. But I think golden silk orb weavers are a good spot to start because like I had no idea those existed. I didn't even know spiders could get that big until I went to Houston and I almost ran into one face first they're huge they are and they're pointy they are they look so scary Uh, (laughs) like like the horror movie type of spider you think of like the females can get up to five inches long just body and that's not counting legs at all and surprisingly they're not the biggest spiders in the world so they kind of weave that like classic orb web which i think is super interesting because they're like orb webs are kind of the predatory mechanism like they're one of the best evolved forms of predation like an orb weaver web can catch up to 250 insects in a day which when Mm. you think about like the the size of an insect compared to the size of a spider it would be like catching a rotisserie chicken 250 times (laughs) so they they're really really good at what they do and i think another really interesting thing about golden silk orb weavers is that their silk is like a yellow gold. Is it? I don't think I've looked closely enough at it. It's hard to see, but if you get really close, it's like kind of a weird shimmery color, and they're super strong. If you bump into one, part of the, most of the time, you'll like bounce back. (laughs) (laughs) And, And you know what? They are not particularly picky about where they will like, they will build their webs right directly across like a footpath or something like they do not care yeah the best part too about orb weavers is that a lot of orb weavers have the memory capacity to remember good spots where they've built webs and they'll rebuild there multiple times very smart of them very talented i can't help but think that like the web mechanic allows them to be catching so much prey without having to do literally anything about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Golden Silk, I don't know if you've seen them, but they'll sit in the middle of their web. They don't hide at all from what they're doing. They just, like, sit smack dab in the middle, and they're like, yeah, I know I'm getting fed today. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And another really interesting about Golden Silk spiders is that they're one of the oldest lived 
genus of spiders. Like there's fossil record of them from over 165 million years ago. So like they've got it figured out. Like they've, they have it down. If it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. Just let it ride. I think that's part of the reason why they're so confident about it. They're like, I've been doing this for a long time. You don't even know. <laughs> we have this refined. It's an art by now. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask, like, when you when you say an orb web. Yes. Like, what do you what do you mean by that? Classic spider web that you think of, like the, you know, when you draw a spider web and you draw like a couple of lines and then you connect all the lines with circles. So the very like geometric sort of like concentric rings. Yeah. And one of the best things about orb weavers, in my opinion, apart from everything else, is that individuals will make like art in their web. <gasps> They'll make like zigzag patterns. Nobody knows what they're for because half the time they seem to scare away prey. But it's like individual markers. It's so strange. Huh. They just have yeah. a little signature. Yeah. They're very talented. Oh, I love them. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> Now, with these spiders, what, what people always ask, because they're they're very common where I live, mm -hmm. um, people see them all the time. And like the first thing you want to know, because we live in Florida where we have lots of dangerous things that could hurt yeah. you very badly. So the first thing they want to know is, is it venomous? Will I die if I touch it? Technically, all spiders are venomous, except for like these two really tiny families. Okay. But for the most part, most spiders aren't venomous enough to cause anything worse than like a wasp sting. And so golden silk spiders, like technically, yeah, if you stuck your hand in front of it and really like irritated it, it might bite you and get a little red and irritated, but it's not going to kill you or anything. You don't have to worry too much about them, but they're also mm -hmm. so like because of how brave they are with their web building it's one of those yep. things it's like you're we're very prone to just running directly into their webs oh yeah all the time <laughs> yes i've done the same thing it happens to everybody like houston they were all over the place i was in the middle of a wetland so there'd be i would go out trying to catch tadpoles and stuff and there'd be a million of them and they're impossible to dodge to a certain extent <laughs> yeah they're everywhere but they're they're pretty much harmless they're not going to do anything except for like maybe fall on you but that's just a fun story at that point. <laughs> like you're far more of a threat to them than they are to you. Yes, exactly. And they'll, uh, orb weavers will rebuild their webs like up to multiple times a day. Golden silks will usually re rebuild little parts of it, but sometimes like the same spider will make different patterns. And it's just like, why? Apart from just showing <laughs> off to the rest of us. Maybe that spider is going through a phase. Maybe that spider is yeah. a little like trying to be a little experimental. Every spider needs to go through a blue period. It's understood. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they have to express themselves. I love that so much. <laughs> I know, me too. Now, what about wolf spiders? Do wolf spiders do the same sort of like web building stuff? Like what? Are, what what's up with wolf spiders? Most of them actually don't make webs, oh. which is the best part about them <laughs> because they're like chase predators. That's why they were named after wolves because they'll just like chase after something instead of building a web and they'll like live under rocks and stuff instead of actually like building a little homestead, which I think is just like so neat. I love that. That is. They're a little more nomadic than their orb weaver friends. Yeah, so they'll uh, they'll just like chase stuff down, and I think they'll chase stuff down for like a good amount of time, and they're quick. Not the fastest, but they're pretty quick. A lot of people don't like them because they're kind of. Some people think they're ugly. I think they are beautiful. We have seen some of them around here. One of them got into our bathroom, and oh. I tried to be nice. <laughs> I tried to like make a peace treaty with this spider and be like, okay, listen. I get what you're about. I get that you're going to be crawling around eating bugs. I get you're, that you're going to be eating mosquitoes and stuff. We're cool. You can stay, but <laughs> you got to not mess with me, okay? Like, don't be worrying about me. You, you can stay in the bathroom, and that's okay, but I don't want to know about you, basically. Yep. Um, and that was fine. And then later on, it was that same evening, I'm brushing my hair and I feel like some some hair fall on my shoulder oh, and I go no. to brush it off and it was not hair. It was the wolf spider that I had <laughs> that I had spared. And so I was like, OK, listen, you have violated the 
terms. This is not what we agreed to. So then we had he had to go outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was thanking you for sparing him. Not in the way that I wanted him to at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. And see, I love spiders. I absolutely love spiders. I would do the same thing if that happened to me. What I'm thinking about is like these are predatory mm-hmm. animals. They're they're going around. They're eating other little bugs that are smaller than them, but they're not exactly apex predators, right? Like there's other things that eat them, right? Oh yeah, there's a lot of different things that'll eat spiders. Do they have any sort of defenses against predators that could eat them? I'm thinking like orb weavers are like big and they have these bright colors and stuff. Like how are they not getting eaten? <laughs> Good question. The The thing I can think about for other orb weavers, I'm not 100% sure how golden silk ones do it, apart from maybe just being so intimidating that nothing wants to mess with them. <laughs> um, different orb weavers, there's a whole little subsect called spiny orb weavers, and they have like these big colorful spikes on their thorax, on their abdomen. Oh, okay. These are like, they're little, right? These are like yeah. little teeny guys, and they're like black and white with these red spikes. Yeah, that's a couple of them. So, like, they're obviously pretty scary looking. And so I think it's a combination of the colors and the shapes, like, breaking up how they look that things can't easily aim at them. And also, you know, those are are intimidating little spikes. I probably wouldn't want to eat that thing either. It doesn't seem pleasant. Like, not a good (laughs) mouthfeel. Exactly. And then I think in terms of wolf spiders, I think part of it is they're quick. And also, you know, being mildly venomous it would probably pack a decent punch for whatever was, you know, brave enough to try to take a snack. Maybe more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, exactly. Wolf spiders at least have that, like, kind of brown coloration, right? Like, they're kind yeah. of, like, drab. Yeah, they're very well camouflaged. So they're they're kind of hard to see, and they're just quick. I really am appreciative of the orb weavers kind of attitude that they're like, they just kind of like adorn themselves in beautiful flashy colors. And they're like, yeah, what of it? I'll put myself in the dead center of this web. I don't care. You're not going to do anything. Yeah, try it. Let's see. Let's see how that turns out. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. So the next like category that we talk about for our animals and how they're doing is ingenuity. And this is behavioral things, like things that the animal is doing with its body to maybe give it an edge or like solve problems that it's facing. So what would you give these spiders for ingenuity? Probably like a nine or 10 out of 10, depending on the spider. Okay. There's definitely some that are less equipped for certain things, but most of them are really specialized. Like they do a pretty good job of uh, specking into certain things. I would think that for the orb weaver like just the idea that they (laughs) rather than bothering to spend their energy hunting down prey they just set a big net up and are like i'm gonna let my prey come to me (laughs) i'm not gonna do anything about it and it's one of the best nets that you can make so they've pretty much got it figured out they're i would say 10 out of 10 for those guys i would also argue probably 10 out of 10 for the wolf spiders is like they're so well camouflaged they'll build little homesteads they're super nomadic my favorite thing about them once again apart from everything else that is my favorite is that they have like super specialized eyes if you've ever looked at a wolf spider close-up which i would suggest i think they're really cute they have these two big sets of eyes one on the front of their head and one kind of like set back and then they have like a little mustache of the rest of their eyes that are really small. <laughs> yeah. A mustache of eyes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorites. They have really good vision. So they have really good both uh, like light dark vision. So they can tell really easily when there's like a shift in like shadow or brightness. And then those bigger eyes are really good at like color vision. So they're really, really good at seeing stuff, but like most spiders, they're nearsighted, so they can't see stuff from like a far distance. So it's got to kind of be in front of their face for them to get it. Yeah, which I appreciate as someone with bifocals, like me too. Yeah, me also. (laughs) Well, I don't have bifocals, (laughs) but I am very nearsighted, so like I feel it. Yeah. Exactly. Me and spiders, we connect on a very, very deep level. (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine that orb weavers and other spiders that rely heavily on webs, that would make me think that maybe they wouldn't need to rely on eyesight so much, right? Like, what do they need to see for? Not much. They have that really interesting thing where um, they'll be able to like 
sense movement through their web. So if something lands in it, they can really easily find their way there. So yeah, they don't have a whole lot of use for their eyes, but I guess if you're going to have them, you might as well use them. (laughs) That whole idea of like a spider being able to sense when something is interacting with its web was something that like whenever I go out in the backyard and look at the spider webs back there, it's always kind of surprising to me to see like we talked about earlier, those like multiple spiders on the same web, because I'm like, that spider definitely knows that you're there. Like, you know, yeah. it'll be like a big, like what, like you said, the golden silk orb weaver that's like on her, her big, beautiful web. And then a bunch of mm-hmm. tiny little spiders all over the web. I'm like, she could eat you in one bite if she wanted to. Like, what's going on? Y'all got oh, yeah. some kind of little like spider army going on here. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm sure a lot of it is spiders that she just kind of tolerates because they're probably too small to really take too much of her food and they might there might also be a couple males mixed in there because a lot of times the males are a lot smaller and they'll just like kind of hide out on a web and wait for like the perfect moment to swoop in and woo a lady oh what an opportunist Yes, they totally are. That makes me think of like the one thing that I think of probably most when I think about wolf spiders. And you probably know what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. It's the thing with the babies. Oh, that they carry them on their back? Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot for me to deal with. But something we that we a lot of times we talk about when we're talking about behavior, like something that I usually will give an animal a good score for in ingenuity is if it does something to basically like set its offspring up for success in some way. Like I know oh, yeah. not every animal cares for their young actively, but they'll do something. You know? Yeah. And the wolf spider really takes it to kind of an extreme Oh, yeah. They'll carry them around until they're, like, ready to go, and which I think it's so sweet. Scorpions do the same thing. Scorpions are way worse for me. People keep scorpions as pets, and they'll breed them, and I can't look at pictures of that. (laughs) (laughs) They're really similar to the wolf spider stuff. I tolerate the wolf spiders more. But, yeah, they... They care for their young a good amount. I don't I don't know of a lot of other spiders that do it, but there are some that will go out of their way when they lay egg sacs to make like a little homestead away from their actual web. And so they'll like make these small little like tangle webs or like maybe a smaller orb web and they'll stick them there so that they're not like in the middle of where all the food and disturbances happen. It's like they're setting up a little spider nursery. Yeah, exactly. You don't necessarily think of... I'm going to just use the catch-all term bug, even though I know they're not a bug, and like you can at me about it. But when you think about like bugs as like a catch-all I feel like parental care is not something you associate heavily with them it just doesn't yeah. seem like something they would do a whole lot so I I find the idea of like a spider mom being very uh caring towards her babies that's endearing to me it makes me think of Charlotte's Web yeah they um they're surprisingly docile towards their young compared to like a lot of other insects and arthropods A lot of insects will, I mean, apart from like ants and wasps and stuff who specifically care for them, a lot of insects will just like lay their eggs and ditch. Or there's some cases will, if their babies get a little too close after the whole ditch situation, they'll just eat them. So I would kind of have a leg up on, or several legs up. Uh (laughs) So they, 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 I would say out of the arthropod world, I would probably give mom of the year award. It does make for a horrifying experience, which I feel like for like if you go to smash a spider Mm -hmm. and then it explodes into 50 billion tiny spiders. I feel like that's just incentive for you to not smash the spider. (laughs) Exactly. So maybe it's evolutionary. Yeah. Like or I like for me, I'm just like, well, there you go. That's the reason to just pick them up and put them outside instead of smashing them because <laughs> yep. they could explode into very many tiny spiders. And now you have a much bigger spider problem on your hands. So just exactly pick the spider up and put it outside. <laughs> but I've never had it happen to me, thankfully, because yeah. I think if I did, I would not be alive currently. Oh, same in your experience like working with spiders i don't know i guess would you describe them as having any you you mentioned that like the orb weaver spiders have enough memory to know like oh this was a 
I, I built my web here and it didn't work out, but I built it over here and it was fine. I'm going to build over here now. Does that seem to transfer into any sort of like ability to learn or like retain information? That's the extent of memory that I know about in spiders. And of course, I'm no professor of spiderology, but I would assume that there's probably an extent that they can figure out like, oh, if I, you know, go down this path, there's more issues down there. So next time I'll go down the other one. But I don't really know the extent of it. And I'm very interested. Could you get a spider to go through a maze? Could you teach a spider tricks? Could you teach it its name? (laughs) I might need to try now. I say it would be fun. It would be fun for me to hear about somebody else doing it. Yes. Yeah. If I, uh, if I, if I get the chance, maybe I'll go get a tarantula and try to train it to do cartwheels. You know, I talked a big game one time when I said I wanted to get a pet tarantula. Mm. Uh, And then I I worked at a pet store for a while that for the entire two years that I worked there, they kept saying, oh, I heard in our next shipment, we're getting a tarantula. I heard we're finally getting a tarantula. We're going to get one this week. There's one coming in this week. And then none ever came in. I know. And I so badly wanted to like finally have a chance to like test it out to see like how I gonna feel about a tarantula am i am i really as cool as i think i am <laughs> that i would hold a tarantula i never got a chance to so i will have to live vicariously through you oh yeah i'll make sure if i ever hold more tarantulas i'll let you know i mean i would highly suggest the experience and like i said i love spiders i don't know how open i would be to having certain types of tarantulas in my house i don't know if you've seen it there's a really funny YouTuber who he uh, he shows his videos of him switching the water buckets out in his tarantula tanks and he's got like <laughs> hundreds of them and every time they like go straight for him and he like jumps every single time and he's obviously <laughs> had them for years and I was like man I don't know if I could do that every day <laughs> I even like flinch if my cat jumps at me wrong you know oh, like yeah I'm... me too but you know you mentioned a black widow earlier and something that has happened to me before was at the time when I worked at that store um you know we sold crickets yeah and the crickets would come in every week in these little cardboard you know things these uh like egg crates mm-hmm. and one day I'd been just kind of reaching in and out of there all day long and at the end of the day a customer was like hey you need to be careful. There's a spider in there. And I was like, you know what? There's spiders in here all the time. Like, it's not that big. It's just a regular spider. I looked in there and there was a black widow (laughs) just sitting like right on top of all of these crickets. And she's just sitting there. She's got her bright red hourglass and she's just, just vibing. (laughs) And like, I had been reaching in there literally all day long and you know probably was within inches of her and she didn't try nothing like she did not care about me so that's a story I like to refer to when I when I'm like listen it's not that big a deal (laughs) yeah exactly I only know one person who has ever gotten bit by any like notable bad bite spider and it was somebody I met in Houston and he got bit by a brown recluse now that's the one that will really mess you up yeah, because they have, oh, I can't remember the term. They have, but they have a different type of venom that will, I don't know, in D&D terms, I'm thinking necrotic damage. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but so it, it's like tissues. And so he was like, yeah, I got bit by this thing the night before and I went to bed and I was in like nasty pain all night and didn't get to go to the doctor until like the next morning. And like you would expect with all the like hype, of like how nasty brown recluses are, you'd think he would have lost an arm. But right. it was like a little tiny, it looked like a little burn mark, like he had burned himself on the stove. And like that was the extent of the scarring. So it's so unlikely that, first of all, any of them are going to bite you unless you like roll over on them or something like that. But people are scared of them, which like it makes sense. <laughs> it's that animal brain in you yeah. that's like, oh nope, that's a thing that could that could take a little chomp at you and it would hurt. <laughs> yes, it would hurt bad. And like, you know, back in caveman days you didn't get to go to the doctor and, you know, get an antitoxin. Like if you got bit, you're like, well, that's it. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, that's it for me. All right. See ya. There's benefit to being afraid of spiders so i i never like to shame anybody who's afraid of uh getting bit by any animal because it's it's usually like a pretty 
understandable evolutionary trait. Yeah. And honestly, like, I'm more okay with people taking the approach of like, oh, I'm afraid of this animal. So I'm going to completely leave it alone. And, yeah. you know, not bothering at all. A mentality I come across here where I live a lot is I'm afraid of that animal. So I'm going to kill it by any means necessary. You yep. know, like, I'm going to go out of my way to kill it because I'm afraid of it. That is where I'm kind of like, okay, let's work through this <laughs> a little yeah. bit. But I do like, you know, I, I definitely still have my own skittishness around spiders. I appreciate them and I think they're beautiful. I'm very thankful for all the people in my life who are not afraid of spiders because they will handle them and uh, post beautiful pictures of them for me to admire. <laughs> like a, I'm an at a distance sort of a lover of spiders. It's like maybe I'll talk a big game, but then once one is uh, sitting on my shoulder, <laughs> then oh, yeah. all bets yeah. are off. And like, I totally feel that I think it's a very Southern thing. Uh, when I when I was working in Houston, I would do snake and spider shows. And people, the amount of people who would come in and just like, while I'm in the middle of this educational talk would be like, oh, yeah, I killed a bunch of snakes or spiders out in my yard the other day. Completely harmless ones. And I was like, okay, well, thanks for letting me know, I guess. <laughs> Please don't, but <laughs> yeah, okay. don't do that. But <laughs> So I would I was always I would always make it a point in my programs to be like, here's what you probably think it is versus here's what the actual the animal actually is. Snakes and spiders both I think go hand in hand with animals that like people fear and then mm -hmm. that makes them feel like they have to proactively defend themselves. My favorite thing is when people tell me that they got chased by a spider or a snake. Why why would they? That's a, <laughs> no, that's not that's not what's happening. Like, especially when you're talking about, like, like you mentioned an orb weaver who, like, doesn't mm -hmm. chase their prey anyway. <laughs> so, like, why would they chase it? Anybody for any reason. Yeah, exactly. If you see one running, it's probably trying to get, in, get away from you or something else. And it just so happens that you guys are running in the same direction. Yeah, it, it is a little bit alarming when you, you know, come across one that is much, much, much closer to you than you thought it would be. With their uh, web spun across, for example, I don't know, your uh, hallway outside of your apartment door or yeah. something like that. And you're like, oh, hello, giant spider. But they are beautiful, though. <laughs> they are. This might come as either a source of comfort or may, like, ruin some people's day. But it's pretty statistically probable that you're within 10 feet of a spider at any given moment. I feel like that just goes to show you how non-threatening they really are. Yes. Like, think of how many are probably right next to you and you didn't even know. And they've always been there the whole time. But, like, they were so chill with you that you didn't know they were there. Yeah, you've just been hanging out with a spider and you didn't even know. That's just how chill they are. Yeah, that is a source of comfort for me. I'm sure lots of people would probably not feel as comforted by that but I've, that's my interpretation at yeah, least that's how i feel too <laughs> well when you do see them there i think they're very nice to see um which is a good uh segue into our last category for animals which is aesthetic yeah and this is self-explanatory this is just how nice you think this animal is to look at so what do you give them for aesthetics I would give them a 20 out of 10, of course. <laughs> uh, a lot of people I don't think would, but I do. I like them. Uh, I think there, there's some spiders that I am less visually interested in, uh, like some of those really skinny, long-legged spiders or harvestmen, even though those aren't spiders. But I really enjoy most spiders. I think they're just so interesting that I'm like, okay, that's that's gorgeous. You do you. <laughs> the orb weavers have some great looks going on. Oh, they have yeah. lots of like bold patterns and bright colors and stuff. The wolf spider is a little bit more understated, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's more like a subtle camouflaged look. Yeah, it's subdued, but like still fashionable. If you like get close, which like I said, most people wouldn't want to. Um, but they've got like really pretty patterns because they're, you know, trying to blend into things. So the more pattern you have, the better chance you have of blending into movement. And so like they're still pretty, just like they have a different color palette. So I'm looking at, as you were mentioning that, I, I just did a quick Google image search mm -hmm. for wolf spiders, and I'm looking at the face. Yes, I see yeah. all of the, I see the mustache of eyes that you were referring to, and that is the perfect descriptor yes. of what they have going on on their face. And then they have what looks like, it looks like in human face terms, lips yes. with giant buck teeth, <laughs> like 
beaver teeth. This is not beaver teeth though, right? Like this is like what's going on with their face? What's up here? So the the lip thing is they're really accentuated on wolf spiders. I'm seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> The, the buck teeth are actually their chelicerates. And so that's what sets spiders into a different group than like mites and ticks. It's those little things. And it's like essentially where they store their fangs and their venom. And they're kind of like, uh, if you know what a grasshopper face looks like, where its mandibles are kind of horizontally oriented so they can mm. like crush a spider's chelicerates are more vertical so that they can like stick in and usually inject with venom or sometimes stomach acid to make a little smoothie of their meal. Oh. Yeah. In my presentations, when I would talk about that, I would usually show like a little jumping spider with one of those metal reusable straws. Just <gasps> to, like heat it up. <laughs> now, jumping spiders are super cute. Oh, they are. I love them very much. They've got the big round eyes. And they have, like, eyelashes. It's adorable. Like, their chelicera are kind of, like, shiny and iridescent. And it's very interesting. Um, but the, the wolf spiders looks very funny to me. Because I think it looks like it has giant buck beaver teeth. Yes, that's how I feel, too. It's like seeing how cartoonish their face looks, I think, maybe takes away from the intimidation factor a little bit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're just kind of funny and goofy looking. I love that. They look like they were designed by a cartoonist. They do. That was just having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> yeah. And I love that for them. I wanted to bring up, there's this really cute species of spider called wheel spiders or cartwheel spiders. And they're uh, they're native to mostly like sandy, duny areas. And they have just like the cutest method of escape ever. If you approach one and they're startled, they're usually found on top of dunes. And they'll flip onto their side and use their legs to cartwheel down the dune away from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, bye. Yeah, this, uh, goodbye. Thank you. Yeah, they're so funny. If you ever get the chance, look up a video of it. It's adorable, and I love it. That's so clever of them, yeah. like using gravity to their advantage. And then I did also, under aesthetics, I guess, just wanted to say how poorly hollywood represents most spiders they're never animated right they always put the chelicerates the wrong way like how do they put them they put them uh like horizontal like like a grasshopper mouth part of the time they'll also put like i've seen some of the worst spider iterations where they put a mouth like with more things behind the chelicerates why they gave a spider teeth <laughs> i don't know i feel like that makes it worse looking at a spider if you know it has teeth it's not cute but luckily shellob the big spider in return of the king in lord of the rings is one of the best and most accurate animated spiders that i've seen so props to lord of the rings again so with shellob i have heard about how a spider of that size would not be able to get around because of the way that its body is built like it would be too heavy to be able to hold itself up have you heard about this yes i have and it's like it's the same thing with most insects the most important part of their evolution is the fact that they are small because they wouldn't be able to do <laughs> most things at a bigger size i don't think they'd be able to breathe well either they don't breathe through a mouth like we do they have holes all along their uh their thorax or the cephalothorax for spiders because they're head and chest are combined but um i always like to tell kids during programs that they breathe through their armpits <laughs> <laughs> if, like expanded that system it wouldn't work as well because it would just be bringing like too much at a time so like yeah i'd probably agree that gravity wouldn't do a whole lot for shellob apart from that she's pretty well animated <laughs> we can suspend disbelief for a little bit i mean like if we've already got elves and wizards and stuff i think yeah. we can roll with a giant spider exactly like i'll tolerate the the giantness especially because they got the chelicerates right how sad is it that we're just like we'll take what we can get in terms of accuracy <laughs> Them and snakes too, man. Just to bring up snakes again. The amount of times I've seen snakes in movies with like actual teeth outside of their fangs. 
it's like it's so bad to look at why would you do that yeah one thing we talked about recently was piranhas uh we did an episode on red-bellied piranhas and i talked about some of the movies that have been made about piranhas and one of the ones that i got to that i I had never heard of this movie and so when i saw the title i about died laughing was piranaconda oh my gosh it's what it sounds like. It's a hybrid between a piranha and an anaconda. I don't even. <laughs> right? That conclusion. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, obviously, so I don't yeah. know what their explanation was for how you would arrive at a hybrid between a fish and a snake. But yeah, I think that there's a wide knowledge gap <laughs> between yeah. um, the people in charge of depicting animals in movies and the people who actually know what those animals are like. Yes, people depicting science in movies usually don't have it all the way there. Ryan and I were marathoning a bunch of movies this quarantine, and the amount of times I heard people say, I'm a molecular biologist and particle physicist, I was like, what? They're always like 25 and they have like seven PhDs. And it's like, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that. Where did you get all that money? Yes, exactly. It's like, how did you afford to do that? I'm sure Ryan mentioned it to you. We were talking about starting a podcast where we talk about how badly people represent labs in movies. <laughs> no PPE. Like we were watching the um, the early 2000s Spider-Man movies and in the first one they go visit, uh, I think it's Columbia University's science lab and they have a giant electron microscope in the middle of this area that they're having high schoolers walk through and they, uh, they also have like these obviously very venomous spiders all stacked up like super precariously on rolling carts. Oh no. That's just setting yourself up for failure. (laughs) (laughs) They're just like stuck in Tupperware. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Like, who made that decision? That makes me wonder, like, aside from the, I guess, aside from the inaccuracies of the scientific environment in the movie, having a deeper knowledge of spiders than the average person, how does that affect your opinion of Spider-Man? Um, I will sum it up in the quote of one of my favorite things I've ever read on the internet. I occasionally peruse spider fact pages for obvious reasons. And <laughs> there was a really good one. I can't remember what spider fact page it is. But it was talking about, you know, spiders have a really cool spider sense, too. It's called having eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about it constantly because it's just that. Yeah, that is it pretty much. And I do. I enjoy Spider-Man. I can appreciate what it's what it's trying to do. But uh, if you think too hard about what an accurate Spider-Man would look like, uh, I wouldn't <laughs> suggest it. That would be a little spooky. Maybe a little too intense. Like not exactly a kid-friendly sort of thing to exactly. be looking at. I'm like, you know what? I'm glad that they went that direction with Spider-Man and not the other way. <laughs> they toned him down a little bit. They're like, okay, maybe let's just keep let's just keep the webs and the spider senses, and you know, we'll call it a day. Yeah, I will say though, incredibly cool that they scientifically designed a spider that could rearrange DNA through its venom. I wish that was real. <laughs> oh man, can you? That would be wild. It would. I don't. I don't know how. I even scientifically <laughs> manufactured it no idea how it would work but i appreciate what they were going for i know it's one of those like i feel like with superhero movies you have to cut them so much slack yeah. you have to just give them that gold sticker and be like you know what you tried it's yeah, fine exactly. you, did you did your, your best, best. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of those original spider-mans though was because it's insinuated that spiders are like super strong because, you know, they're little and they're the way they're designed, you can hold a lot of weight. And so to represent that in the original Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, they had it so he woke up the next morning and he was completely ripped. Man, they should market that venom. like <laughs> <laughs> The uh, Gaines serum. Yes, exactly. I don't think that I would vibe very well with like a super buff Tom Holland, though. Oh, me neither. Me neither. He's a very soft-looking kid. I would appreciate if they kept that. I don't think I could deal with six-pack Tom Holland. (laughs) You see him just, he comes through and they've, they've like, CGI'd Tom Holland's head onto, like, Jason Momoa's body. Oh, no. (laughs) 
Ooh. <laughs> he just walks in like, hey guys. <laughs> hey guys. Yeah. Um then somebody somebody on the internet years ago made a comment that Tom Holland looks like he's constantly holding a frog in his mouth when his mouth is closed. <laughs> and I can't sit through the new Spider-Man movies anymore without seeing that. <laughs> Oh, we need to be kind to this boy. I, I like Tom Holland more than I like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, me too. Super nice kid. I think he's made a comment on that joke because it went around for like a while. I think he made a comment on it. I think he thought it was funny. <laughs> like the fact that somebody pointed it out, I'm like, well, that is kind of what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like the kind of person that would be cool with that, though. Like yeah. he seems like he would let that slide and not get yeah. too... Uh, upset about it <laughs> yeah, he lets the frog live there and their friends kind boy you leave him alone exactly he's so kind that he would let a frog room in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> that, i respect that all right well before we wrap up for today i wanted to kind of give you a couple minutes to let our friends know like are you uh involved in any projects or what kind of work are you doing right now that maybe you want people to know about Oh, well, when my time isn't completely sucked up by organic chemistry, uh, there's a new institute on my campus called the Ecological Restoration Institute. So I'm working with them to develop wildlife data for projects concerning the surrounding, it's called the Kinnikinnik Watershed, um, so that our campus can put in money and funding and resources into ecologically restoring these uh these endangered areas which is really neat otherwise i'm simply an undergrad angrily tweeting so if you're interested <laughs> in that you can find me at at panthera like the big cat genus uh mads on twitter if you want to see me angrily ranting about academia in general and spider-man Yes, and Spider-Man. Awesome. Uh, just just as a quick like aside, you were referred to me by our previous guest, Ryan Hegseth, who came on and talked to us about hammerhead sharks. And octopi, from what I, from what I heard. <laughs> we did also talk about octopi quite a bit. They did come up. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, spending all this time chatting with us today. I'm I'm excited that now I know more about these beautiful spiders so thank you for sharing your passion and your knowledge with us yeah, thank you for having me so i could talk about spiders for like an hour <laughs> isn't it fun yes it is. i need to find more outlets to do that of course well i'm gonna let you scurry on so thank you so much again and we will talk to you later madison awesome thank you so much thanks bye bye, bye.